Hello, and welcome to Double Exposure, a conversation podcast about comparing and contrasting cinema old and new, viewing two films through the same lens. I am your host, Bear Boswell, and I hope you all have your leather chain belts, fully aerated footballs, and midnight black hair dye ready, because this week on Double Exposure, we enter the strange and mysterious mind of the enigma that is Tommy Wiseau by looking at the two films, The Room and The Disaster Artist. And to discuss all things outsider art and Tommy Wiseau, I am joined by my wonderful guest, Josiah Newman, a friend of mine who I will be eternally grateful for because they sat through at least three hours of Tommy Wiseau content with me. Before I bring Josiah in, you might be asking yourself, Bear, are you talking about the wonderful and intense Oscar-nominated film, Room, from 2015 starring Brie Larson? What does Tommy Wiseau have to do with Room? To answer your totally reasonable question, random listener, I am not talking about the Oscar-nominated film Room from 2015 starring Brie Larson. If you are the listener asking this question and you are disappointed with my response, I can assure you that this will be a lot more entertaining than me talking about Brie Larson being trapped in a shed for two hours. The Room was made in 2003 by writer, director, producer, fashion designer, and real estate agent Tommy Wiseau. 18 years later, the film is deemed the greatest worst movie ever made by hundreds of magazines and is a certified cult classic, bringing in tens of thousands of viewers every non-COVID year through various midnight premiere showings at local cinemas. The comparing film, The Disaster Artist, is a James Franco-directed biopic that follows an intimate and adventurous behind-the-scenes look of the production of The Room. Starring huge celebrity figures such as James Franco himself playing Tommy Wiseau, his brother Dave Franco, Seth Rogen, Josh Hutchinson, Hannibal Buress, and many other comedians and entertainment personnel, this film carefully tells the story of our beloved theatrical enigma and his challenges while making The Room. If you haven't seen these films, why not pause this podcast right now and check them out? Join the Double Exposure Film Club and be a part of our conversation. But if you just want to listen to a couple of friends talk about Tommy Wiseau and why his hair is always so greasy, then let's just get right into it. And Josiah, thank you for coming in. Hey there. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing great. It's my pleasure to be on the show today. Oh, thanks for coming back. It's wonderful. We had you on King Kong in Jurassic Park. Uh We couldn't be doing a more different pair of movies (laughs) this time around. (laughs) Yeah. Well, still titans of cinema, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still... uh, Maybe different kinds of monsters. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau is a special kind of monster, Yeah, I think, in this one. So we're doing The Room. We're doing Disaster Artists. You and I watched these together. Together, yeah. Um, with a, a, a small group of people, which I was fortunate uh-huh. for. With COVID, we can't do the big groups. But mm-hmm. we uh, uh, fortunately got to do it with a small group. Um, and it was a. I am very fortunate for that experience. Because we got to watch The Room one night. And then the next night we got to watch it, uh, watch the disaster artist, almost with the same mm-hmm. exact people. And to watch people n- who have kind of loosely heard of it, seen some memes, and then some people who were like, I don't know what this is whatsoever. And then to either fall in love with it or hate it, most of them fall, fell in love with it. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I think these movies are really meant, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Tommy Wiseau meant with, with what he yeah, was doing, but- <laughs> 
The truth is, watching it with people is so exciting. It's and so hilarious. Awesome. And just seeing the confusion wash over everyone's face. Uh, yeah. whether, whether you do know what's going to happen, you're like, I still don't know why this is happening, but I love it. Yep. Or the first people were like, what? This again? What? Yep. Why? Who is that? Why is he in the room with them? Yeah. What? What's up with the spoons? <laughs> why is the hair so greasy? Uh, why is he wearing so many belts? Why are there all these things in his pockets? You have all these crazy questions throughout it. And mm. hopefully in this podcast, we're going to answer those questions. I, I doubt we will answer them because no one really knows what is going on with this. We're just all just trying to figure it out pleasantly. And it's kind of like this, oh, I don't know what's going on and I'm just having a good time. Mm-hmm. It's just like a like a college student. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is like going to college. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, when was the first time you've seen The Room? Yeah. So the first time I saw The Room, well, I'd heard of it before I'd, I'd seen it because my older brother had shown me clips, a couple of classic clips like the when when Tommy goes in the store and, and there's the you're my favorite customer. I was like, this is so weird. This is hilarious. Hi, doggy. Hi, doggy. Um, and so, yeah, I'd heard about it. And the first time I actually watched it, I watched it alone, which was like the polar Whoa. opposite of, of the experience. So I watched it alone late at night because Adult Swim aired like the whole thing. Um, and so I watched it on TV Alone, I was in a hotel room. I can't remember why. It was like a holiday or something. Oh, my gosh. Were uh, you, like, kidnapped or something? No, <laughs> no, I, but I do remember clearly I was like, oh, yeah, that's that one movie. It's funny. It's bad. And so I yep. watched it. I was probably in like high school, like, junior year. So I was probably, like, 17 or 16 at the time. And I think a lot of it was just, like, I this is funny, but I'm – uncomfortable <laughs> and I feel weird that I'm watching this alone right now and, and it's like 1 a.m. because I just stayed up to do this and I was like I, okay this is this is a strange movie oh but there's that funny clip yep okay oh, I remember the funny uh, clip yeah. now I'm laughing uh, now yeah. I kind of get yeah, it yeah yeah and so it was it was an experience where I walked away going like okay I understand why that is called the worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't say that I, I, I believe that watching it with a group of people is a way better move than just watching it alone in a hotel room as a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> it is a way better move, which is the first time that I saw the film was with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk about a little bit about the disaster artist, I saw the disaster artist first actually mm. with my. I think it was with my dad. And we both were like, that was hilarious. This was incredible. What is this movie? I had no idea, but I was familiar with James Franco and his directing a little bit. Loved him as an actor, of course. The production company, A24, which is one of my favorites. They're putting out wonderful indie movies. They did the film Disaster Artist. So it made sense I was going to like it. I loved it. I didn't know what what was going on. I knew a little bit about it. And that just sent me into this crazy tunnel of being obsessed with the room for about five or six months and kind of following the disaster artists, um, award show reign and, uh, watching them on the golden globes on the Oscar stage. And I was like, what is going on? And then eventually with the success of disaster artists, the room got a theatrical release and I was able to go and see the movie in a real theater. They, I think they put it in like over 2000 theaters, and they gave it a legitimate release. And like it like 
like gain legitimate box office earnings on top of it's already finally. And I think I want to say that the movie has for sure made its its six million dollar budget. Like it's it's covered it. I would I would like to hope so. Again, we are not sure if money's an issue for Mr. Wiseau. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it is. But the first time I saw it was it, it's to this day my favorite theater experience. It wasn't a packed out showing of the room, but there were 30 or 40 passionate people that all would probably, you would probably find all of them at a showing of the room in like a midnight premiere who were ready, uh, dressed up like Tommy dressed up like Greg. They had their spoons and they screamed the whole time. So (laughs) while I do recommend that, I honestly don't recommend doing that for your first showing. (laughs) I recommend what we did, which is, Get a group of your friends, some that know about it, some that don't. Get the DVD and get real uncomfy. Make an obscene <laughs> amount of popcorn and just go nuts, mm. which is exactly what we did. And I was uh, blown away by, by, by everything. Tommy. By Tommy. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're just not sure. You know, I explained to you, this is the room, not room. Um, room's a great movie. Uh, very, very different. Again, if you think this movie, this podcast is about <laughs> room, it's not. Please go look at it because you'll be very confused and a little creeped out. So Tommy Wiseau is what? I don't even know what to say he is. He's maybe Eastern European. Um, in the past few days, I've been doing a little more research. Um, he has said, uh, when asked where he's from, he said, oh, Eastern European or whatever. Thought he was from New Orleans. So he said New Orleans for a while. But <laughs> recently he's been saying Eastern oh. European or whatever. I can't even do the accent. You try it. For, I mean. For Tommy. What's his accent? Oh, I'm from Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Oh, there Yara. it is. Yara or whatever. Ha, 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 New Louisiana. The Big Easy. <laughs> um, and... Basically, he is, what we know of is he is a director, he's an artist, you know, he's a producer, he's a writer, but he's also has this very intimate story that he wants to share with everybody mm-hmm. called The Room. Um, and a lot of what the disaster artist is, is giving us that picture of Tommy. So everyone knew about The Room for so long, but no one really knew about him. And what the disaster artist is, and it was actually a book, aims to do is talk about him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I had not seen The Disaster Artist mm-hmm. or read the book until we sat down and watched it the other night. And I just knew Tommy as the weird star yes. of the room. And just like hearing things about uh, what he does and how he's he's like, oh, he he's also the director and writer and producer, oh, and producer. for this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he's just like this mystery of a man, which I think the disaster artist kind of like leans into, especially with that, the, the scene, um, where Mark's or, or Greg Sestero's mother is like, wait, you're going to LA with this guy. And she's like, wait, let me, let me talk to him. And she's like, where, where are you from? How old are you? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm 14. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. He says, I'm, 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 I'm Greg's age. Oh, you're 19. Well, I'm 14. I just turned 14. And he goes, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's my, one of my favorite lines. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause he probably said that. Yeah. It's an accurate. 
yeah. depiction of him. I mean, he's he's he, so clueless. He's it, like clueless, but also standoffish in a weird way. Um, and just especially with like every time that like Greg kind of gets to know Mark, he's like, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about my don't money. Don't talk about my money. Don't talk about my car. Don't talk about my car. And I feel like that's that's something that I guess uh, Tommy Wiseau has just leaned into is like I don't want people to know about my past. It's off putting because all of a sudden he's talking about L.A. with Greg, and he's just like, mm-hmm. "I have place. <laughs> you have a an apartment in L.A. and in San Francisco, like that. That I mean, that's easily like five thousand dollars of rent a month for you." Easily, uh, if not more, honestly. I would say probably a lot Probably more. a lot more, too, if they're, like, nice apartments mm-hmm. from what we read about or see, too. And it kind of makes sense for him to be like, you don't talk about me. Mm-hmm. Which I I wonder if, if that's because Tommy's, like, trying to be this, like, cool, mysterious, aloof person. Right, before he makes his mark. Like, before uh-huh. he, like, has the credit to be. He's yeah. All, he's like, well, I... I like he's preparing for the role that he's yet to get. Uh-huh. The whole movie is like what he's doing. He's preparing to be this mysterious Mysterio guy. Yeah. Or if he just, he like has like legitimately sketchy stuff that he doesn't want like people to know about. And that's why he's just so like, like that scene at the beginning when they're sitting in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one day I was in really bad accident, really bad accident. Tommy really, really could have died. But then, I was set on the right path. I don't know why I'm talking like Nacho Libre. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> nail the, the accent. The, the Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Just talk less. Less. <laughs> <laughs> About yeah. Occident. Occident. That's what it is. It's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger a little bit. Because, <laughs> you know, European. Occident. I got in a bad Occident. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the Occident. And he just pursues acting. That's the first time where you're like, oh, is he brain damage? That makes the most sense, <laughs> honestly. Not to diss the guy, you know, but if well, it's mentioned. And here's the thing about the disaster artist, and I'm talking about the book. I've read about half the mm-hmm. book. Uh, Tommy has come out, and he said 40% of it is true. Uh, so, okay, yeah. All right, we're working with something. We're working with something. We're getting 40% of the cut. You know, we're not getting the whole check. Mm-hmm. But we're getting like 40% of it. You know what I mean? So thank you, Tommy. Really appreciate that. I'm sure everyone's like, no, nah, it's probably completely true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the book came out first. And what I've read from the book, it's darker. Mm-hmm. It's a lot darker. The Disaster Artist movie was meant to sell to, it is rated R, but it's like needs to be a little bit more accessible. You know, like you yeah. kind of have to make For Tommy the- a little bit of a, you know, for the people like you and your dad that just stumble into the theaters yeah. without really knowing what yeah. is the room like, what yeah, like we heard where, about where it. Exactly. I like James Franco, I guess. So right, I was I was that that person that they were aiming for. I was the audience, you know, and they got me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the book is interesting because it was written by Greg and Tom Blazell, Tom Bazell. Um, and basically, it's just Greg uh, coming out to the public and saying, "This is what I experienced," and it's a lot darker and it. I think it portrays Tommy a lot darker in the book. Again, I've only read about half of it because um, mm-hmm. I started it after I, I watched The Room and Disaster Artist and was really into Tommy for quite a while. But it just makes you think because here we have this movie that is so passionately made, 
but it's like clearly like everyone knew it was bad, but they were just following Tommy because he still brought something. Mm-hmm. Like even like no one could go up to him and say like he still had this authority. Like you still have to applaud him for what he did. He made it. He made a movie like for all like the misfits and the actors coming out there. Like he's like honestly a really bold figure. And the movie Disaster Artist is incredibly inspiring with friendship. Like it's it's nice. You know, uh-huh. you feel great yeah. about it. Yeah. It's it's oddly enough like this feel like the Disaster Artist is oddly a enough is a great movie. term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason, the room <laughs> makes you feel good. <laughs> Not the room, but Disaster Artist. But like the story of Tommy coming in and, and building this friendship with Greg Sestero just like you know there's there's kind of that like buddy action but also that like father son figure where oh yeah know, mark is the father or, son kind of yeah, makes sense yeah but then it like also flips where it seems like uh greg becomes like in his teams he's like oh tommy you don't know how to do anything and then, <laughs> <laughs> i'm a uh, big star but then you like you you feel bad for tommy where you're yeah. like nobody likes him mm-hmm. all right because you're a jerk. Right, yeah. He wants to be the hero. Uh-huh. And as we see, and as you and I have talked about, he writes himself to be the hero yeah. in this. And everyone in The Disaster Artist is like, I see you as a Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, the villain. The villain, yeah. And it's you know what? It's really nice to talk about The Disaster Artist because I think it really is a true, honest depiction of this because of how passionate all the producers and James Franco were about mm-hmm. making it. They wanted it to be accurate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like talking about it, I don't have to justify, well, like, oh, it's like a dramatization of it. It's a little bit overly romantic. I feel uh-huh. confident in believing that it's pretty true to its story because I feel like they want to do Tommy justice. Mm-hmm. Um, James Franco brought Tommy onto the Golden Globe stage, <laughs> and it was the internet blew up. At least Reddit did. Uh-huh. It just was like Tommy Wiseau is on the Golden Globe stage. He's responsible for arguably the worst movie ever made. You know, it's just like, this is incredible. And yeah, you just like, you're so confused by Tommy for a little bit, but then when you sit down and appreciate it and watch interviews and watch both films, you're like, he is amazing. Like I'm like to the point where I'm just like, this guy's the best. <laughs> this guy's awesome. This man's following his heart. He's following he's his following heart. His he's so committed. Yeah. 18 years later, and his website is just still promoting everything of the room. Well, today, today, I literally bought for $18, I bought a script of the room with Tommy Wiseau underwear oh, for $18. Yeah. It was a hell well, of a deal. I, I saw what color, what color underwear? I think I'm did getting you red. Choose? Yeah. Oh, getting red? I didn't get the right. option to choose what color. Oh. Um, but I think I'm getting red and he's a uh, COVID safe. He's sending a free mask with each purchase, oh, heck yeah. which is really nice. And then 95, uh-huh. uh, really nice of him. But like I, he convinced me the ma- the man convinced me. To be I COVID safe. Yeah. To be COVID safe. Okay. Yeah. I, I, now I've chosen to <laughs> from Tommy was <Wiseau>. Yeah. <laughs> he's convinced. I'm in the fandom. I bought, mm-hmm. I will own the, in a couple of weeks, I will own the script of the room and underwear. That's great. Isn't Wait, that awesome? is it like the full, like, un, like, because my understanding is there were a bunch of edits and stuff when they shot the room. It's like the script they used for the movie. Oh, okay. Now, it's 112 pages. That's a lot. It's, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, like. I've never owned a script. <laughs> like, I can't, it was a very blind buy. I was just like, <laughs> saw an ad on Twitter and thought, yep, that's pretty affordable. I'll go ahead and do it. Shipping was like half the price of the thing, which is, <laughs> come on, Tommy. But got to make a buck somehow. 
it makes sense. He's probably doing it all by himself. So when people ask, what's the room about? You're like, well, it's a big sigh. It always starts with a big sigh. I'm like, well, well you know, it's, huh. what was my description the other night? I said, it's love, it's betrayal, <laughs> it's sex, it's drugs. It's like, well, it is all of those uh-huh. things. Those are just like loose themes. Uh-huh. But can you ever successfully like say the plot of the room? I I mean, I don't, I don't I think. I don't even know. You could but also you'd probably forget the things that don't matter, which yes. are most of the movie. Pretty much the entire movie. I'd <laughs> which say is the odd thing. Of the movie you could like matter. summarize it as a man uh, is betrayed by his fiance. And the, that, wow, that like yeah. describes the whole film. That's the whole movie. Yeah. But it's so, so much, much more, more than, than that. that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I put on my philosophy goggles. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think the hardest part about showing this to a group was they kept asking what it's about and you can't tell them about the sex scenes. No, you can't. No. And that's what I want to talk about is you can't, when you're showing somebody this movie for the first time, you cannot tell them about the sex scenes. Cause you ha- you want that. But then when they come, you're like, uh, you just can't help but apologize. Uh, um, yep. Here sorry, we go. Guys. And there was like, what, what do you mean? Why are you sorry? What guys? I'm uh, so uh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh God. I think what, I think <laughs> one of our friends just said, Bear, what the hell, dude? Like, what like the four hell? times they said that. Like, bear. And they said it four times because there's like five or six sex yeah. scenes. Yeah. Like, so before the 15 minute uh the 15 minute mark hits, I think we have three. Uh-huh. We have three sex scenes. Yeah. Uh two in the bed, one on the stairs. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so a lot of the actors thought that they were making a porno. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. They were like, is this a porno? And he's like, no, it's real American movie. It's big Hollywood movie. I have to show my ass. It's basically like he legitimately really wanted to show his and ass. And you can tell in the movie that he really wanted to show his ass. It's there. Oh, it's full there. For for all of Hollywood to yeah, see. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's, yeah. As the movie says, he's, you know, during the sex scenes, he's aiming a little high and it's a little <laughs> awkward. And in the disaster artist, it's so sad because he's like, Oh, it's terrible. And apparently this was very accurate to how he reacted from the uh-huh. book. Um, he like screamed at this poor girl, like, you have all these birthmarks. Like, yeah. they're disgusting. Makeup. And she's like, that's her body. And she's naked uh-huh. in front of this entire crew. It was an open set. Yeah. Because usually with like sex scenes in uh, Hollywood, it's like a closed set. Like mm-hmm. it's like just a couple people in there. It's only the essential because people. It's, yeah, because it makes sense. It's a private moment, especially mm-hmm. if it's a very intimate scene within a movie that they that's what they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wanted everybody there. And that's why everyone thought it was a porno <laughs> because everybody was there. Oh. And they were doing these, they did the scenes like halfway through, but like all of like the setting up talking scenes sound like that. Yeah. So the whole cast was it's- like, it's like, well, I guess this is somehow we got hired to shoot a porno. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> where where we are. A, not again. <laughs> uh, this again. I got tricked into one last week. Come so, on. It, it's funny how the disaster artist does portray that. Because yeah. it, it, like, it is funny because James Franco is walking around just butt naked. Butt naked. Just a, and he's, just got, a dick he's got the sock on the and sock. everything. Yep. And so it's like funny because you're like, wow, this is just ridiculous and absurd. And he's yelling at everyone. He's just full naked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just everything's out there, but also thinking about like, oh man, that must have been 
horrible spot to be in where just like, especially the poor actress who's, who's like there and she's like being berated and just, I was like, oh man, that, that is like the worst thing. Like the worst thing that I saw about Tommy is just like, okay, that's pretty manipulative. That's pretty like just, especially when you hear everything about Hollywood about abusive and, and sexual predators with Hollywood. It's like, well, if Tommy really wanted to be a famous Hollywood guy, he's kind of fits the bill right here. Yep, exactly. He's kind of fitting the, yeah, he's exactly fitting the, yeah, the douchebag. And in a way, he, he's like, I'm a Hollywood director. Like his examples are, mm-hmm. well, Hitchcock and Kubrick, you know, mm-hmm. like that's what he wants to be. He, mm-hmm. because he wants to get these reactions out of people, but it's just this little misstep where it's like it's his inability to share anything personal about himself which you know who knows how much alfred hitchcock and kubrick shared about themselves i don't know probably not much not me I don't um i don't know i never heard anything from him um so who knows but they no one knows how much he makes he's very secretive about it he's gone on set for hours at a time from what we see from disaster artists you know mm-hmm. and that's his goal is to be like this asshole director mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because tommy is always in and it's what propelled him forward was his effort and his bravery and his dedication to wanting to be a big hollywood star that he just already like i said before created himself into a full form person and was like, I'm going to make this movie like I am the greatest director of all time. Yeah. And it's really interesting when everyone like is kind of calling it autobiographical in a way uh-huh. because he wants to be the hero. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's that line in The Disaster Artist where they say, like, what do you think this movie's about? Mm-hmm. And one of the actresses says, like, I think it's about his life. There was a Lisa and there was a Mark and there was mm-hmm. a Denny. A Den- or, or no, they, they say, well, who's Lisa? And. They said, well, Lisa's the universe. The universe. The universe has b- betrayed Tommy Wiseau. And they're all laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, I mean, I even turned around and I was like, what if Hollywood? Because they build up about how Greg was getting jobs and stuff and he was starting to get small time roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then John or Tommy Wiseau just got so jealous. And so yeah. it, it makes sense where, you know. Tommy's got these dreams of being this big actor and right. he already sees himself in that role and, and sees himself as visionary and then he gets betrayed because nobody in Hollywood will touch him. Yeah. And, and in the movie, yeah. wants what he has to offer. And so I feel like he's betrayed. And then, and then in the film, yeah, Johnny is betrayed by Mark mm-hmm. and Lisa mm-hmm. and uh, they have an affair. Everyone's betraying him. You're betraying me. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Which is great because he uh, rips off James Dean because yeah. he loves James Dean. That's yeah. another one. He takes massive inspiration from James Dean for the entire movie, The Room, which is hilarious. Like that's just like his, and he only really references James Dean like the uh-huh. whole time. That's the only name he gets right. Yeah. He calls everybody else just by the completely wrong name all the time. But he nails James Dean because he's seen Rebel Without a Cause, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. It's like that's the only movie he's ever seen. Yeah. they Yeah. Tommy, James Dean, they even look kind of similar. They look pretty similar. Yeah. yeah the greasy uh-huh. hair, you know. 
pale complexion. Pale complexion. Both just, very young. Yeah. Awkward mm-hmm. postures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both from Eastern Europe or Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're totally right. Another thing I want to talk about with the room is, well, first of all, the disaster artists at the end of the disaster artists, they do this wonderful side by side comparison where they nail each individual scene and those mm-hmm. scenes uh, particularly stick with a lot of the uh, midnight premiere crew yeah. with like the football scene and the um, test results came back. I, I definitely, definitely have, have breast, breast cancer. cancer. When I saw that, <laughs> everyone screamed like, I definitely have breast cancer. Yeah. Like they're freaking out. Um, it shows how iconic the scenes and how well they have aged. Uh-huh. Like you look forward to them and you remember them. Yeah. Like all night we were all quoting like, yeah. You're our favorite customer. Bye, doggy. When he has that 15 minute, 15 second interaction in the flower shop. I did not hit her. This is bullshit. I did, did not, not hit, hit her. her. Oh, oh, hi, hi Mark. Mark. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, it was funny watching those scenes side by side and just like the acting and dialogue is, is, is bad and uncomfortable and memorable for that. Mm -hmm. But then to see actual talented actors (laughs) recreate it exactly. It's like actors, you know, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's, that's good acting on bad acting. On bad acting. It's incredible. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's kind of, it's pretty meta because you're like, these are really good actors. Like Mm -hmm. um, Nathan Fielder um, and Josh Hutchinson Uh and Zac Efron (laughs) as Chris R. Where's my fucking money? Give me the fucking money. That was amazing. And Uh it's really funny because, oh, that scene in particular, I want to talk about that because the character Chris R, they're all just like, why not just call him Chris? It's Chris R. It's Chris That's his R. name, Chris R. There's the only reason they would call him Chris R is if there was another Chris in the movie, but his name is Chris R. And the actual actor who played it in the room, like, was like the best one. Uh-huh. And so it's really funny how they like make that a very huge point in the disaster artist. Like, he's like, oh, like definitely like practicing the gun yeah. thing, and he like goes way over the top. It's like the first scene in the disaster artist, the first scene that they shoot and everyone's like, Oh my goodness. They're like, everyone starts clapping and they're like, this is great. This is awesome. Like, it's just funny. The disaster artist where everyone's so excited. Yes. Where they're like, all right, this, we're making a movie. This guy's crazy. Yep. He bought both of the cameras for some reason, but here we go. Yep. And then like, by the like fourth day of filming where where it's time for Tommy to fill his first It's like scene. setting in, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is hell. Yeah. This is crazy. This guy has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> and it seems like a normal set because like you have like the the um the days counting up like on the mm-hmm. bottom left when they like show all the days counting up and you're like, oh it's 40 days shoot. That's not bad. And then it like starts to get into like the 60, 70 out mm-hmm. of day 40. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's just such a subtle way of saying this was grueling without just like somebody saying this was grueling. You know, mm-hmm. I think the disaster artist does a really good job of its imagery of just letting you know through the eyes and the tone and just like simple text things and just the behavior and body language of people that shows just how frustratingly miserable it was to be on set mm-hmm. and how uncomfortable it was. But then if you see and like hear from those people today, they're probably like, it was unbelievable seeing how that room blew up like that. Cause no one expected to yeah. see it get as big as it did. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, 
in the disaster artist, they're like, I didn't think this was going to get made. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't think it was ever going to come out. Right. And then here we have a movie like the disaster artist, which like brings us to like the, like the topic of like, like what did it do for the room that hasn't been done already? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it already reached massive cult fandom. You know, it midnight showings, like we've said, all across the board, people dressing up like the characters, throwing spoons whenever they see these weird metal spoons and stock images on the screen, which is so strange. Um, what did the disaster artist do that hasn't been done? Um, and I think to answer that, so many things. I think it brought it just simply brought the room to more of a general audience. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and in doing so, I mean, those dedicated fans will know and kind of pick up on the weird things where it's like, you can see that he's always wearing hair dye and you can see that he stuffs his pockets pockets with stuff for no reason. reason. And when you watch The Disaster Artist, you you see it like it's almost looking at it in like a new dimension where you just see who Tommy is and you're like, what? Okay. That, okay. All right. I didn't realize that he, he wears that many belts <laughs> and I didn't realize, all right, he, he okay. He puts things yeah. in his pockets for uh-huh. no, I, like I noticed that in the movie. It was yeah, like, he's, he's got these ripped. cargo shorts. Yeah. He's oddly he's, ripped he's too. He's so ripped. But his body is, is, is just disproportionate. Like, yeah. Yeah. It looks like he got hit by a truck. Yeah. yeah, which might have been the accident. Yeah, um, but just it kind just of, kind of slowly pieces his body together. Like, oh, I think that this muscle the, goes here. Oh, actually, it doesn't, but it no, still works. It, it, it fits in. We'll mold yeah. it. Yeah, we'll mold it. Um, no, but it's fun because you you get an understanding of like what was going on, and like even just seeing that like. Very notable scene where uh, Johnny comes onto the roof and he's saying, it's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. And and you like <laughs> the, the scene of the disaster artist where it takes like 70 takes to yes. do that. And he walks up and he comes out of the room and opens the door and goes, line. Line. <laughs> and just realizing like, oh, that's, that's why everything's so uncomfortable. Because... Tommy doesn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen that all the general audience realizing this and kind of the fandom carrying that too. It's like, it's so cool to see like just a general audience understand the room. I mean, I would say I fit that bill because like that scene, oh, hi, Mark. Like <laughs> those little clips on YouTube of the room have millions of views. Yeah. Without any context, they're so funny. Uh-huh. But then you put the context of the room with it, it's even funnier. Yeah. Like the room's been memed for years, for like almost a couple of decades at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's like 19 years old. So. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Like 2003, man, mm-hmm. is when it came out. That's mm-hmm. nuts. It'll be, it's almost 20 years old. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. I was seven when I saw the movie. When I know when the movie was made, I was gonna say yeah. it's like I I don't think you saw it when you, you were seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was there at the premiere. At the actually. premiere. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy Wiseau is my father. He's my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our father. Yeah. You notice my yeah our dad my uh-huh. greasy hair my several belts I get it from dad yeah. pops yeah pops. <laughs> throwing the football around he, uh, <laughs> he for some reason he loves throwing the football I'm like dad I don't want to play football anymore <laughs> he just keeps throwing it that's another really funny thing is like his obsession with just American sports kind of uh-huh. go back to just Tommy himself. He just loves throwing the football around because he saw 
um, Greg doing it with a bunch of kids in the street <laughs> and disaster artists is like football, great American game. I love football. And he just constantly loves running around with it. It's, it's hilarious. Like he, he's trying so hard to prove that he's American and cater to Americans, but it's just clear that he's not. It's this caricature. It's yeah. like American caricature. Right. But also he won't, <laughs> he won't change his appearance right? because it's so like, we like not American with the long black hair yes. and just, I mean, maybe, maybe inspired from, uh, James Dean, mm-hmm. but still just like, I don't know. Odd. I don't know where he came from. I don't know if anyone does. Don't know what fashion looked like there. So maybe nope. it's polar opposite of where he's from. Maybe but. he just had really baggy pants and, in Poland at the time or something. I think it's Poland. I've you heard so? I've heard reading more stuff, like I've heard it's Poland mm-hmm. and people doing like legitimate um <laughs> investigation. Investigation and like <laughs> anthropology of like his accent and his cadence and stuff. They're like, it's it's Poland. Over time though, he's like been like trying to force it out of himself and maybe mm-hmm. his accident or something has like caused it to be, you know fragmented a little bit the accent oh yeah or he has an accent a new orleans accent yeah yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> i know i stumble like that no i thought i thought it was very funny in the disaster artist when um he's auditioning for like the teacher role and they're oh. like all right this time try it without the accent try losing the accent and he fuck he thought he's yeah. just had like a, a, a lisp and it's just like so what <laughs> <laughs> so he's uncomfortable. Try, he's trying so hard to muster it out. Like oh. it's like hurting him to uh-huh. get rid of an accent. Uh-huh. And I th- yeah, I think it's really funny because it feels like kind of like talking about how what well, you said, like a caricature. All of a sudden we have the world knows what the room is. Like mm-hmm. the room is the room is a po- is arguably the most popular like cult classic film right now up there yeah. with like Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I mm-hmm. honestly want to say like it's it's the best so bad it's good movie. It's mm-hmm. the king of it. It's at the top. It's literally the number 1 in my opinion. Like there's no like as far as like fandom goes. And now the whole world knows it. And when they see this strange guy, they want to know more about it. And so it's really cool watching this it's almost like a weird franchise in its own. It's like an anti-franchise. Yeah. Like Tommy Wiseau has made it one. Like he he with like all these packages on his website, it's like buy three underwear, you get room Blu-ray. <laughs> like he just puts the movie for free in like all of his online packages. Twenty almost twenty years old, and this guy's still milking it, you mm-hmm. know. Which it makes sense, but people picked up on it in 2017 with the Disaster Artist, and I think they picked up on it more. And the big chain theaters were like, you know what, we're gonna do something crazy. And we're going to literally show it in our theaters. And I saw it at our local or our theater here in town called Tinseltown, which is one of the <laughs> biggest theaters in Colorado Springs, if not like the main one that people uh, go to. And not even the artsy theater. No, not even <laughs> just a, the artsy Kimball's P3. Yeah, just a regular Cinemark. It was a Cinemark theater that I saw uh-huh. it at. Like that is what the disaster artist did. It sent this guy who dreamed of having a big Hollywood movie and some are saying that he finally got his break, mm-hmm. like in 2017. Because, yeah, he got it all those years, but it's like he, 
like everybody knows about it. Everyone's watching the Golden Globes this year. 2017 was a banger year for movies. It was like some of the best movies of the decade that year. And he's on the stage at the Golden Globes and he was at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. What? That's crazy. It's wild. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's it makes inspiring. me excited. You can, like, that's, like, I I root for Tommy now after watching The Room a few times and seeing Disaster Artist a few times. Like, you you really root for him and you cheer him on and you want the best for him and you're, like, almost, like, proud. It's mm -hmm. just like, man, I endured this and I've watched this guy grow. And The Disaster Artist is just the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> in an odd way, it's like, you see your kid at a sporting event yeah. and like is not very good. Yeah. He's like running the wrong way during the soccer game and scores on his own goal. And then, and then they win yes. and he, he kicks the game winning yep. goal. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad, yeah. bud, you did, you did it. Great job. So you don't really want to hug Tommy Wiseau because you'll just get a lot of hair dye oh, yeah. on you. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to go home and shower. All right. First yeah. things first. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thinking about the differences between... The Room is a movie, The Disaster Artist is a movie, where The Disaster Artist is a good movie. Yep. And it's, like, just shot different where the different soundtracks, different, like, it's actually got, like, fun, like, music in it where you're like, oh, yeah, this is sketchy, this is good. Yeah, uh, cool shot, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's versus well. The Room where it's just stock footage yeah. of San Francisco. <laughs> and you're like, okay, there's the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> yeah. again. All right, there it there's is a, more, more Golden Gate you know, Bridge. Yeah, there it is again. We're, oh, we're in San Francisco. We're in San Francisco. Okay. And just like how clumsy it's edited together a lot of the times. I mean, I, I was reminded of how it seems almost like a play where yes. like every time like the score comes in in between scenes, it, it's so long. It seems like they're they're actually changing the set right there. Yes. And it's just like a little uncomfortable. Yes, it does like, feel like a play. Oh, or the passage of time. Like, there's no passage of time in no. the room. It's like, is this the next day? Is this, like, five minutes later? Is this seven hours later? Like, right. they keep referring to the wedding is it a month? In a month? The, wedding, the wedding is in a month. And we then they're the randomly in tuxedos, and then it's like... Is that the wedding? Like, no. was the wedding that day? <laughs> it, it There is no passage of time, which is so funny, because you definitely see an arc in Tommy... And how he's in love and then and then suspects things and yep. Lisa's acting like a bitch and mm. all these things. And then yeah. it's just it erupts. But also you think about it, you're like, when did when did anything happen? Is this a quick thing? Was this a slow thing? Versus the disaster artist, and you like it literally says, like, oh, this is the 13th day of 50 days. That's filming. true. Yeah. And you can tell. So it's just funny thinking that. The Disaster Artist is a good movie. Yes. You made well and you follow what's it's going so on. It's so satisfying for how bad The Room was. Uh -huh. Like it is legitimately a movie. Like I think we were talking about this. Like there's a, there's some movies about movies, mm -hmm. but this is definitely my favorite. I think mm -hmm. a movie about the making of a movie. Yeah. Um, I love like another good example we were talking about was Citizen Kane and Mank, the uh -huh. new Mank. Um, but that's like newer, you know, yeah. like – um, disaster artist is about four years old now. Um, but it's very clear that they were just simply trying to share how hectic and how much Tommy left out of it. That's really interesting that you mentioned the concept of time yeah. within the room because uh -huh. they, it, it's almost just like Tommy doesn't even worry about time in any sense in his own personal life too. Like we hear about him just picking people up randomly and it's just like, I just do this. 
Uh-huh. Just because. It's, ti- it's timeless. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is timeless. <laughs> As I say with a smirk and a teardrop. <laughs> <laughs> That's good point, Ben. Yeah, good point, Josiah. Very funny point. I think um, another thing that we haven't really talked about is uh-huh. just like James Franco stepping into the role of like Tommy Wiseau. And I was thinking about like, did he stay in character? Like between takes and stuff. Yeah. Cause it, it looks like the disaster artist would be a fun movie to shoot. That'd be a fun yeah. Like it'd be a little be more fun than those guys. Room. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, well, like, did James Franco act like himself? Was he or? was he Tommy Wiseau the whole time? From my understanding, he he was mostly. I, I would like to think he was because you kind of yeah. have to prepare for that role yeah. a little bit. He for sure was doing some method acting uh-huh. and he looked like him. I mean, they, the makeup, uh, some of the, like the prosthetics to make him just like the hair dye, the hair dye, the wig, <laughs> uh, or if he grew out that hair, I mean, I'd be impressed. It's he a lot of hair. Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Real Hollywood, Hollywood movie. Um, when, when we saw these two together, like on the Golden Globes, it was like looking at like a father and his son as Tommy Wiseau <laughs> with James Franco because everyone was familiar with James Franco's role. And it was just crazy because it's just two directors. And James Franco clearly took a lot of inspiration from Tommy. And a lot of people did. There's that really great uh, segment at the very beginning of The Disaster Artist where they show all those real actors and actresses, J.J. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abrams, like a like a ton of them just we're talking about how much they love the room mm-hmm. and it's just basically it's just like a love letter to the room is what the disaster artist is because i think Tommy Wiseau did a lot more for people than i think what us laughing at the movie will give him credit for i think mm-hmm. James Franco felt this movie on a deep personal level in a very odd way you know you can't think about it like, but what about the sex scenes? Like he didn't think about it in that. No, of course he didn't think about it in that. It's much more than that. Like as you think about it, as you get existential with the room, which is like, you know, trying to get it existential out of a potato. Uh, it's, you know, if you're doing it right, you if you're doing it right, it. if you got the right equipment, you know, you really put your heart into it, you can do it. <laughs> and I think you can with the room because it's, it's just, uh, it's a starving artist and it's a dedicated artist and James Franco saw something in that. So he wanted to be it. And I really like it when a director like plays themselves. And it was almost like he was like doing a Tommy Wiseau. Like that's what inspired uh-huh. him. He's like, well, I'm going to star in it. Oh my gosh. Just saying it. It just couldn't be more perfect, man. It literally mm-hmm. couldn't be more perfect. Like he said, he was literally inspired by him. So he plays Tommy. Um, and just kind of processing that in my mind just shows how like the more you kind of like realize like the deeper connections that the room has with like everything else in Hollywood, like these cult classic outsider art B movie impact Hollywood more than you think, Mm -hmm. you know, like we just see like big movies trying to be made. Like for some reason, Tenet comes into my mind. That's trying to be huge and Uh loud and over the top and stuff. And it doesn't do so well. Yeah. You know, the audience reception isn't great and stuff. And sometimes you just need a bad movie every now and then. Yeah. This yeah. is the first like bad movie we've ever really talked about. Um, like legitimately like bad movie on the podcast. And it's so refreshing because it's like dedicated. It's honestly one of the most dedicated movies I feel like I've ever talked about. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's I mean, you, you talking about Hollywood with I mean, 
I forget that bad movies are constantly being made. Like every day. Yeah. Every like day released. Every day and they're released and there are movies that go straight to DVD and, and there's if even TV that. and stuff. And yeah. just like there's all these bad movies, but the room stands as something else because it rose above the like bad movies. And like, I mean, I I like to imagine there's a lot of actors that are great actors that star in terrible movies. <laughs> um, James Franco's a big one for that. Like terrible he, actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely terrible. Great <laughs> actors star in terrible movies or make terrible movies too. Mm-hmm. He's got some direct directed movies that are just pretty rough that I've seen. <laughs> uh-huh. They're pretty rough. Zeroville. Oh God, never seen it. It's like you can't watch it. It's like unwatchable, you know. But it's it. That's like a difference between like so bad mm-hmm. it's good yeah because the room is is so bad but it crosses this threshold where it where it becomes or you, you start to laugh at that because yeah you couldn't recreate that if you tried mm-hmm. like that that isn't just like poor acting like it's it's random it's absurd and and like in a strange way tommy Wiseau is just like this postmodern mastermind like <laughs> yes, he, he's this yes. genius oh, that we all never knew he's been the wizard of our of our entertainment capital uh-huh. basically he's been it's like a being john malkovich he's like the puppeteer guy basically with the crazy fingers that's what he's been doing this entire time he's been controlling all of us yeah i knew it yeah if i could meet tommy Wiseau, it'd be great you know as we look at both movies just combined you know Compare them, contrast them, as we do on this show. Um, in other movies, you're like, oh, this is similar. Comes back to this. You have different themes. You know, you have all these. Uh, usually the movies we watch in this podcast, people have seen the actors multiple times, blah, blah, blah. Not the case. We find ourselves coming straight back to Tommy Wiseau. The, the man, one, the, the writer, the producer, the underwear promoter. And it's all about him. It's all about his vision. It's all about his artistic direction, his dedication, his frustration, his highs, his lows, the enigma, what we know, what we don't know yeah. about him, which is way more a than lot. what we know, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, if there was ever to be a biography on Tommy Wiseau that would come out, I would need to like, okay, can someone wake me up real quick? And Because this, this isn't real. Tommy Wiseau's Tell All. Yeah. I want to read that. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy Wiseau on 60 Minutes. (laughs) That's the 60 (laughs) Minutes I want to (laughs) see. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's incredible because he – there's nobody like him. There's – I mean, he likes – he pulls things from a lot of people. You can tell he's got, um, like, models and stuff that he he acts and follows them, but – but nobody's like him. There's there's nobody that could recreate Tommy Wiseau. There's no you. There will never be another room. The mm-hmm. closest you will ever get to making the room is the disaster artist, uh-huh. and that's where it ends. And in a way, that's kind of where this like cap on Tommy Wiseau's like reign kind of ends. Like he's peaked. Yeah, he's literally peaked. I mean, people can still start discovering it, and I think what he has said too, um, from what I've read in interviews, is he's like. He still rides off the pipe of it because theaters are still showing it, you know, because why not? But he's ready to move on. He's ready to do his uh, his next thing, his next picture. Yeah. Which I, 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 I saw his next thing. <laughs> um, I, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> it, it was also like one of those things where he it, his movie was called Best Friends Part 1 and 2. 
Um, and I saw the first part because they promoted it. Because it's during the room. Tommy was out. Yeah, they promoted it during the room. Like we saw like a sneak peek of it. Yeah, I mean, to tell you how rough this movie was, the drummer of Imagine Dragons scored the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. So if that gives you a good take on how this movie was, then yeah, that's a just about how it was. Yeah. Well, I think about what's what's next for Tommy. Mm. Cause like he he's been and he's done it all. And like you said, he he peaked in a way. Yeah. Where like this movie is is lightning in a bottle. Yep. And can you capture that twice? And it looks like maybe no. Mm-mm. But I mean, Tom, like everything about Tommy is that there's no possible way he could succeed. Yeah. And yet exactly. he did. And he did. He's and, so successful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like hesitant to say like there will never be like Tommy will never go up, up and above from where he is now. But I don't know. He's got a following. If anything, yeah. he's at the top. Like people follow what he does. I will honestly go and watch his movies mm-hmm. if he makes them. Mm-hmm. I will go and watch him. I watched Best Friends Part 1. He hooked me. Hook, line, sinker. He got me. And he's just the pinnacle of all bad movies. And he, yeah. he will always be bad. Well, good. Well, the best. The best bad. The best bad. The best bad. The good is bad. There's no one no better. One better than that bad. bad than Tommy Wiseau. Josiah, thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing the experience with me. It was yeah. great. Just you and I watching it uh, together with a group of people. It Wonderful. Was fun. It was it, really good. It was a good time. I is by far my favorite viewing of the room that I've had so far. I remember coming to you and saying, I know we're supposed to watch it together, but do you think maybe we could <laughs> do a group? Is that okay? I was like, and, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just felt right. Uh-huh. It, it, it really felt right. It was nice having a lot of some people together, you know, a nice small group and, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Are there uh, any movies uh, that you've seen lately or that you want to see or anything you recommend that you, some movies? I don't know. <laughs> I watched Earwig and the Witch um, a couple days ago. What is that? Um, so it's, I think it's Hayao Miyazaki's son uh, oh. for Studio Ghibli. It's like their first 3D oh. Um, animated movie. It was fine. It wasn't oh, that yeah. good. It, I mean, I was I love Studio Ghibli, but also it was odd because that movie just seemed like it was missing a whole like third act. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, all right, it's this fun story. It was cool, and then it ended, and I was like, that's it. That there's like no more. Like I thought, okay, it was Weird. a little. A little, little awkward ending, but... Uh, you would think it would carry on from his father, but... <laughs> but um, that's the, I think that's the most recent movie I've seen that's not The Room related. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you like uh, Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli, just watch other films. Big fan of those. Thoroughly recommend all of them, except for maybe The Earwig of the Witch. Sweet. Thanks, Josiah. Yep. I'm Bear Boswell. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. You can support us by subscribing to us on your chosen podcast player. We put this podcast out for free every two weeks. So if you want to give back, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Five stars is great. If you want to suggest a film, a topic, or just express your thoughts, you can get in touch with our Twitter at DEFilmPod or get in touch via email at DEFilmPod at gmail.com.
next week. That's right, folks. Next week. Not next time. Next week. Myself and several guests will be holding a very special Oscars roundtable episode where we will discuss the latest nominated films in anticipation for Hollywood's biggest night. So make sure you catch up on those nominated films, and we'll see you next week for the discussion. Bye, doggy.